our sins away, slain for us, and we remember the promise made by all who come in faith, find forgiveness at the cross. And so we
singing this morning. Take a moment to turn around and greet those around you in Jesus' name. Susan. Well, good morning and good to see all of you today. We certainly appreciate your prayers on our behalf. We uh, got back yesterday and had a good week. Had a good week. We had the heat, as you had the heat, uh, which uh, does affect fishing from time to time. But anyway, we're back and it's good to be here with all of you. A couple of things that we do need to mention this morning. Next week, uh, the Encounter Revival Ministries will be with us. They've been here before. It's a group of 21 young people from down at Mount Lucan in Harrisburg, and they're going to take the entire service. Um, so it's more a concert, if you will, with drama. I think I have one here. Uh, drama, music, teaching, and more. Uh, it's just a great morning. And I'm sure you'll be blessed uh, by their ministry. So uh, we're going to have the white church out. If you care to support them, uh, please uh, be prepared uh, to do just that. 
Now, there's also going to be a potluck that follows the service. Uh, so please sign up over in the fellowship hall. Uh, the 21 young people are going to stay here with us. Um, and so we're all going to meet together in the fellowship hall for a meal. Also, as was mentioned last week, um, we're hoping to replace windows in the parsonage. We need your vote uh, because it's over $7,500. It's actually about $8,500. So on the uh, 8th of October, which is next Sunday, we're going to ask that you vote and uh, approve the board to be able to move forward with this project. Then you also, if you were over in the fellowship hall, you probably saw all the shoe boxes uh, that were all folded up by the Tuesday morning ladies group. They're all up on the coat rack. Um, there's a reason that they're here, and Kim's going to come and explain that for us at this time. Yes, good morning. It is shoebox time. Um, and I was going to mention it too, thanks to some awesome ladies in the Tuesday morning group and some awesome teens. You, they did fold a couple of those too. Um, they're over there um, in the fellowship um, hall, and like you said, Pastor Bob said on the coat racks, um, I brought an, uh, an insert that um, they're all in the shoeboxes. Um, it is an amazing ministry. You know, when you think about it, hundreds of thousands of shoeboxes go out thousands of miles away. They go to other churches who use those shoe boxes as an outreach for the gospel to be shared. Um, you know, so, and, and to be part of that is an amazing thing. And, and, and last year we had, you know, collected like over 120 boxes. So um, we're going to put them out next Sunday in the um, foyer there so you can kind of easily reach them a little better. If someone needs to take them today, by all means, they're ready to go. Um, there is a change. They do ask for a $9 donation this time. Um, and you need to pay attention to the list. There's a couple of things that change that they do not want. Toothpaste, no candy of any kind because of customs and stuff like that. But just wanted to share with you that they're ready to go and the date is like November the 12th. So we've got like four or five weeks for the collection. But yeah, so they're there.
now stand with the choir, if you would, please, and take your hymn books and turn to hymn number 237, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Hymn number 237, and we're going to sing this together. As you already gathered, uh, this is Communion Sunday, and so we're singing about the blood, we're singing about the table, uh, we're singing about the sacrifice, all of these things are leading us uh, to understanding uh, communion, what it is, what it's all about, and then we will participate in it as well. 237, let's sing this together. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Naught of good I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This my Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. But the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. And I want to remind you of a few things that are on our prayer list, some that uh, are not. And so you can kind of jot these down on your sheet if you care to. Um, first of all, I learned this morning that John Good is going to be having gallbladder surgery on October the 14th. Now, I, I know John, uh, you know, you don't see John that much anymore. Did you know John got married? Yes, he did. And um, so they're attending another church uh, where his wife, I believe, attends. Um, but when she works on Sundays, then he comes. So uh, I, I just wanted to explain that because I know we look back there and we don't see John and we don't see John. And then all of a sudden John shows up. Um, but John is having surgery on the 14th. Jeff Snyder is having surgery um, this Tuesday. Uh, so pray for Jeff as well as his sister, Patty who's having surgery on the 5th, that's this Thursday. Jeff on Tuesday, his sister on Thursday. Also keep Ruth Bush in prayer, who is having uh, surgery this Tuesday as well, uh, a tumor removed from her salivary gland. So keep Ruth Bush in prayer. She's one of the uh, missionaries that we've been supporting forever, it seems. Uh, Bruce and Ruth, Ruth go way, 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 way back. And uh, we just have been great friends over the years. And so do pray for Ruth. Um, we do extend our sympathies to the Paul Shore family and to Betty Howe, uh, who was a great friend. Uh, he passed away uh, this past week. The funeral was on Friday. Uh, one other thing, Pat Bainey, she's there on your list. Continue to pray uh, for her. 
Um, she's uh, having chemo for liver cancer. Uh, so we do covet your prayers uh, on behalf of Pat. So Father, now as we come before you, we thank you that we can meet together once again on this Lord's Day morning. We thank you, Lord, for the privileges that is ours to be able to come together as your children, as your family, as part of the body of Christ. Lord, to think that we have been brought into a relationship to you is an amazing thought that we can call you our Heavenly Father. We thank you for that. And Father, it's all because of the blood of Jesus, the blood we've sung about this morning, the blood that cleanses us from all sin, not just this sin or that sin, but the Bible says that our sins have been cast into the deep blue sea, that they have been taken as far as the east is from the west. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins, that, Father, you will remember them no more. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus. There on Calvary's cross, for when Jesus died, he died for the sins of the world. He died for the sins of every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. Father, he took the burden. He paid the price. And so we've come today to remember Jesus, to remember his great sacrifice. As we come to this table, Lord, it reminds us of all that Jesus did on our behalf. Father, we haven't earned salvation. We haven't worked for salvation. There's nothing we could do. Jesus did it all. That's why we celebrate. That's why we have come today. To remember that what we could not do for ourselves, Jesus did for us. Christianity is not a religion of works. For Father, your Son did it all. We simply by faith receive what Christ has done. And so as we come before you this morning, we come with grateful hearts. Hearts that are filled with joy and peace and love. Because we know who we are. We are your children. We are sons of God. And in that we do rejoice. Father, there's a lot of things that we need to pray for this morning. A lot of people, Lord, who are going through some difficult times. And one of the great privileges that is, has been given to us and a responsibility is to pray for one another. So we lift up Jeff and Patty this week as they will both be going under surgery. We think of Ruth Bush as well on Tuesday. We pray, Lord, that you might watch over these, uh, Father, who uh, just this week uh, will be um, going to the hospitals and going to the procedure rooms. We pray that, Father, your will be done. Think of John Good coming up in a couple of weeks with gallbladder surgery, we know he's a bit discouraged that this has to, uh, has to take place. And so we pray for John. Lord, we commit him to you. And we ask that, Father, you would uh, just guide the hands of the doctors and may all go well. Father, we think of uh, the Paul Shore family and friends. Uh, we pray that you might comfort each one. We are thankful, Lord, that Paul knows and knew you. And Father, in that we have great hope, that he is in, the, in, in your very presence this morning. Think of Pat Bainey, Lord, too. We pray for her that, uh, Father, this chemotherapy might um, do what it needs to do to bring healing to her body. And so, Father, we bring these before you, as well as others on our list. We ask, Lord, that uh, you might move into their lives, bring peace and comfort and encourage these lords who will be anticipating uh, these surgeries. Again, Father, for the day you've given us this morning, what a great day it is. We thank you for that. And I pray now this morning, Lord, as we continue to move through this service, that you might remove the distractions that oftentimes creep into 
our lives, into our minds. We pray that you might hinder the work of the evil one, who certainly would not want for us to be focused on the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I pray now that, Father, you might empower Pastor Tony as he comes to open the bread of life to us. As he opens the word of God, Lord, may he speak clearly and truth. And Father, help us to have ears to hear the good word of God. So we thank you for the time you've given us. You are a wonderful and amazing, sovereign God who we have come to worship in Jesus' name. Amen. going to switch mics. This one's almost out of battery. There we go. There we go. Remember when? Have you ever heard anybody say that before? Remember when? I remember my dad, I remember when, right? My dad used to, he would always talk about the school he went to. He grew up going to a boarding school, and he would always, I remember when, and he would go through and tell us these stories, and we'd be like, Dad, come on, like we've heard this before so many times. Stop. <laughs> no more. Maybe you've heard someone say, remember when stores used to be closed on Sunday, right? Yeah, I've heard that one a lot. You hear that a lot. Or remember when the milkman used to deliver milk, right? I, I read somewhere online that that's kind of coming back in some places. Uh, but, or, or how about this? Do you remember the Walkman? Do you remember when people used to have a Walkman, right? That was a little cassette player, a portable cassette player that you would had a little belt hook and you could put it on your pants and you could go for a jog, right, with these terrible earbuds that hurt your ears so bad, right? And then it went to the Discman and then the MP3 player and... Or, or people talk about sports. Remember when the Redskins won the Super Bowl? 1992. I was two years old. Two years old. Or, or sometimes people, remember when the Eagles won the Super Oh, no, they didn't. They never won a Super Bowl. That's right. They never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, there was... I'll let you chew on that a little bit. Let's chew on that a little bit. You know, there was an elderly couple. They had dinner... Um, at a friend's house one night, and uh, after the meal, the, the wives left, they went into the kitchen, and the men were sitting at the table, and they were talking, and, and the one gentleman looks at the other and says, you know, we went to the best restaurant I've ever been to last night. It was delicious. And the other man says, well, what's it called? And the first man thinks and thinks. And he's thinking and thinking, and he says, oh, what's the name of that flower? The one that, that's red and has thorns on it, and you give to someone you love. And the other man says, Rose. That's it, Rose. The man turns his head towards the kitchen and says, hey, Rose, what's the name of that place we went to last night? <laughs> Don't forget your wife's name. <laughs> but remembering things is an important thing in life. It's an important thing in life. And we all go through times where we forget things, right? I used to be able to remember so much. Um, but I, I blame it on technology. I use, rely on my phone so much now to remember things. My calendar, everything. That's what reminds me. If it's not in my phone, I'm in trouble. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it, it talks about, 1 Corinthians 11 talks about the Lord's Supper. It talks about communion. And we are told to do these things in remembrance of him. Well, what are we remembering? You know, it's easy for us to come and to take the cup and to eat the bread without really remembering what was done and why it was done. What I'd like to do today is look back on why all of this happened and what we are to remember during communion. 
Start back with me uh, many years ago, many, many years ago, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. You know, in six days, God created everything. And on the seventh, he rested. And he said, it was good. It was good. Last week, we talked about how God is good all the time, right? It was good. God's creation was good. But there was someone who didn't want everything to be God's way. He didn't want everything to be good. And that person goes by the name of Satan or, or Lucifer, and there's, there's other names. He's heard me practice too many times. He said, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. Or Sarah's heard me practice too many times. It says I'm out of here. One of the two. <laughs> Satan tricked Adam and Eve into eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The only tree in the garden they were not allowed to eat from. The only tree in a whole entire garden they were not allowed to eat from. And Satan tricked them into eating from that tree. And from that moment, man and woman had now sinned against God. And man now had a sinful nature. We are sinners. We're born sinners. We are born with a sinful nature. Our corrupt nature is inherited from Adam. And there's nothing you can do about it. Or at least there wasn't. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were born with a sinful nature. When you are born... You can't do anything to change the fact that you were born with a sinful nature. You were born a sinner. I was born a sinner. And after sin entered the world, we continue to see the same story happen again and again and again through the, New the Old Testament. Let me give you an example. I mean, how many times, think of Israel, how many times did God forgive Israel tell them to stop doing what they're doing, and they said, oh, we're so sorry, Lord, and then, you know, a chapter, two chapters later, they're doing something else they shouldn't be doing. Oh, we're sorry, Lord, we won't do this anymore, and then they're doing something else they shouldn't be doing. Uh, think of when, when the Lord delivered them from Egypt, right? They had been slaves and enslaved, a terrible thing, and the Lord delivers them out of slavery. Moses goes up to get the tablets, and what happened? They get tired of waiting. So, oh, we got, we got to build a golden calf, and we'll worship this golden calf. Think about the story of Jonah. You remember the story of Jonah? I'm going to sum it up real quick. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah said no. He got on a boat for Tarshish. Big storm came, threw him off the boat, swallowed by a big fish, repented, was spit out on the dry land, went to Nineveh, told the Ninevites, the Assyrians, about what God had told Jonah to tell them, and they repented. The Assyrians repented. But we know from history that Nineveh was destroyed over 150 years later when the Ninevites turned away from God again. We are sinners, and there's nothing we can do about it. That's not the most popular thing to say. We don't like to hear that we're sinners. Romans 7, 18 to 19. We read this verse last week. I'd like to read it again. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Why? Because... We're sinners. <laughs> and we're born sinners. There's nothing we can do about that. There's nothing you can do when you go to the doctor before your baby is born to say, listen, doctor, I'd like my baby to not be born a sinner. <laughs> you know, I'd really like for that to happen. You know, again, 100 bucks, you know, or, or what, what can we do? There's nothing you can do about it. Your child is guaranteed to be born a sinner. 
We talk about the depravity of man, how man is not good. Again, last week, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. But we as men and women, we are not good. But praise the Lord, that's not the end of the story. Because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God could have very well wiped his hands of the human race. Enough! I made these people, put them in a beautiful garden, gave them one thing they couldn't do, and they could not do it. Enough! I mean, come on, sometimes that's our patience, right? (laughs) But God didn't say that. Praise the Lord, God didn't say that. Instead, the Lord said he would send a Messiah. And he did. The Son of God came to be our rescuer. Because we're all in need of rescuing. He sent Jesus, born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life. That way Jesus was not born with a sinful nature, right? Because it was not inherited from Adam. Jesus lives a perfect life here on earth and is crucified on a cross. Now I know you've heard these things before. This isn't like a big news flash to you. But I think as we go to the Lord's table, it's important for us to remember why we're here. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26 says this. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Someone once described communion to me as like a snapshot or a picture um, that you can pull out of your wallet. I I know when when Sarah and I first started dating, um, I remember I went to her house for the first time. Uh, We drove to Pittsburgh to meet her parents for the first time. I had a 1988 Mercury Cougar. If you guys remember that kind of car, big V8 engine, right? No air conditioning, right? The air conditioning was broken. It was summer. It was roasting the whole way there. And we get there, and, and I remember her mom had some pictures. She said, Tony, I'd like you to have this. And it was a little picture of Sarah. And uh, it was very special to me. Communion is, is kind of a picture for us. Something that we can look at and remember what was done. What are we remembering? There were two things that came to my mind when I started to think of what are we remembering during communion? Sacrifice and redemption. Sacrifice and redemption. I want to touch on those quickly this morning. The Bible clearly teaches that without the blood of Jesus, there's no forgiveness of sins. I'm going to read a couple verses to you. They're not on the screen. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Revelations 1.5 towards the end says, he uh, says, loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. 1 Peter 1.18 and 19. It was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. We remember that his body was broken for you and for me. You know, sometimes we, it's easy for us to uh, make the crucifixion such a simple thing. To not really think back about what Jesus actually went through because of myself and because of you. Because of my sins. Because it's my sins that put him there. We forget and don't like to talk about the fact that his beard was plucked from his face. That his back was exposed and whipped. That he had nails driven into his hands and to his feet. It makes us uncomfortable. 
We don't like to remember. It was such a gruesome time. But he did that because he loves you more than you'll ever know. More than we can ever understand or comprehend. There's so much more to the crucifixion story, so much more suffering that Jesus went through. We don't even have time to get into half of it today. We remember the sacrifice. We remember that Jesus took the weight of my sins, of your sins, on his shoulders. Imagine the burden he must have borne. We can't. We remember his sacrifice. But we also remember redemption. We also remember that through the blood of Jesus, we are redeemed. There was a a poster promoting a Red Cross blood drive. And it's a poem, and I'd like to read it to you, and I have a picture for, for each one. I gave my blood, Christ gave his. I gave a pint. He gave it all. The needle is small and sharp, but the nails were large and dull. The chair, soft and restful, but the cross was rough and painful. The nurse is kind and gentle, The soldiers cruel and mean. The crowd applauds my sacrifice. They that pass by reviled him. Mine is for O positive. His is for positively all. Mine at best will prolong a life for a while. But his without doubt can save all forever. We do this remembering what Christ has done for us and remembering that through his sacrifice, we are now free. That our chains are gone. That we are no longer slaves to sin. As the songwriters put it in both of those. We remember that the blood that was shed for us, we remember the blood that was shed for us to be able to live in all eternity with God. The Bible says in Romans 1.8, and we'll come to Romans 10 right after. Romans 1.8, therefore there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans 10, 9 through 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And if you are saved, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and repented of your sins, believe that he died on the cross for you and rose again. There is no condemnation for you anymore. Our chains are gone. That's what we remember today. We remember the sacrifice, but we remember redemption. That we are now free because of the sacrifice that Jesus made because he loves you and he loves me. There's a, a, a group, music group, a band called Ren Collective. Maybe you heard of Ren Collective before. We sing a couple of their songs here at church. Build your kingdom here. Joy of the Lord. They have a new song out. It's called Rescuer. Rescuer. Maybe you've heard it. If you haven't, you're missing out. You need to listen to it. Here's the chorus. He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Oh, how grace abounds. We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. We remember our rescuer. We remember that we are free from sin forevermore because of what Jesus did on the cross. We remember that it was our sin that put him there. 
and we remember that there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We remember that we were blind, but we can now see. That we were lost, but we are now found. We remember that we were brought out of slavery to sin and given a new life with Christ. And we remember there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So today, as the bread is passed and the cup is passed, I encourage you to remember Jesus. Remember the sacrifice that was made for our sins. And remember that if you've put your faith in Jesus, you're redeemed. One of my favorite quotes, I'm going to close with this this morning, is, uh, and I've read it many times uh, here at church, but by a man, man by the name of Brennan Manning. Here's what he says. Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Remember how much God loves you. More than we'll ever know. Let's pray. Lord, it's hard to put into words how thankful we are for what was done on the cross. Father, that you would send your only son for us, sinners. Lord, we are so thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus, for the blood that was shed on our behalf. And Lord, today we remember that. And we remember that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we can now be free. That we can now be redeemed. Lord, I ask that you would bring to light anything that we need to confess to you this morning. Anything that's been, been wrestling within our hearts. Lord, may, this, may these next couple of moments be intimate moments with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we come to the table, I'm going to ask that you take your hymn books once again. Turn with me to hymn number 148. 148, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross on Which the Prince of glory died, my richest gain, I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Let's sing this together.
And so we come now to the time when we come to the table. Uh, the table which has both cup and bread. In just a few moments, uh, the men will come to the front of the church. They will have the plates in their hands and they will come to you. And they will offer you uh, bread. Uh, they will offer you cup. Uh, in the cup is grape juice. And uh, the bread has been sliced in little cubes so that you can take them individually. Please hold these until everyone has been served. The men will come to the front of the church and we'll eat together, uh, signifying that we are all part of that body of Christ, that we are all part of his family. Now, the bread represents his body and the cup represents his blood. We've spoken a lot this morning. We've sung about uh, the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. But we've come to remember, as we've been reminded, we, came, we come to this table to remember uh, what we often forget, and that is the great sacrifice of the redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has done so much for us. And again, we were reminded of the great love that God had for us. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And so we come to remember Jesus, and Jesus alone. That's why we have this time of communion, to remember what Jesus Christ has done for each of us. And so we trust that uh, you, at some point in your life, uh, you, have made, you have made a profession of faith, that you have, uh, your eyes have been opened to your sinfulness, and you saw in Jesus a man who could rescue you from that sin, uh, someone who could free you of that sin, and you trusted the finished work of Jesus on Calvary's cross. And through that work of Jesus, you became saved. And so we invite you to come to this table uh, to remember what uh, Jesus has done for each of us. So, I'm going to ask if you six men would come and join me at the front of the church. Uh, we will pass these uh, plates and these elements uh, so that we can all participate in what, what God has done for us. As I said, we do begin with the um, bread. Uh, we're missing, who are we missing? Oh, Don. So, we're still missing one, aren't we? There he is, Mr. Wagner, thank you. Um, we begin with the bread, and uh, we're going to pass the bread to you. Please hold on to the cube until the men join me at the front, and then uh, we'll eat uh, together. Father, what a joy it is to know that you have willingly allowed your son to die on the old rugged cross. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for his sacrifice. We thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus that hung there for so many hours because of that great love. And so now, Lord, as we hold visibly in our hand the bread, we know that this represents that very body of Jesus, for which we are thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. We 
so we remember the body of Jesus. Let's eat together. And it's the blood, Father, that was shed for the remission of sins. Again, Lord, we're reminded that there is nothing that can wash away our sins but the blood of Jesus. And again, Lord, our hearts are filled with gratitude and joy, knowing that we have been cleansed and we are free from that sin. In Jesus' name. Savior say, thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness watch and pray, find in thee that all in all, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, sin had left a and stain, he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spines and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as to claim I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's lamb Jesus paid it all all to him Whom has left a crimson stain he washed it white The Bible says Jesus, as he reclined at the table, he took the cup, he looked at his disciples, and he said, drink, you all of it. Let's drink together. again, Father, we're so grateful that you have given to us this opportunity to be able to come around this table. Uh, Lord, as forgetful people, we need sometimes these reminders. Help us, Lord, however, to continually think about Jesus and all the things he's done on our behalf. We thank you for the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. As the men are making their way to the pews, why don't you stand, and uh, we're gonna close with this chorus, Because He Lives.
God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is that you send us out into this dark world. Father, as a shining light that we may be the light of the world because he lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.